going to start something this morning, and the title of it is Better. Everybody say better. 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 I feel like I'm coming out of a tin can. Should I change my mic, or are we okay? Okay. Um, But the title of it is, or the title of what I want to start today is the term better. Everybody say better. All of us want better, do we not? Every, everybody want, wants better. There's a pattern that we see in the Bible as it applies to God's relationship with mankind. And it is, it, it is a pattern that we see over and over and over whomever he's engaging, whether they're in a bad spot and needing help, or maybe you can even see, and well, you'll see some examples today, that everything from our perspective, reading it in the Bible, it appears to be fine. God engages the human race, or we could readily say us in our life, and he says, I have better. He says, I have better. I have better than you're at where you're at. I have better than what you've experienced. I have better. And let me maybe even just ask y'all the question, how many of y'all want better? Want better? How many of you have at least like just one area that you said this could get just a little better? How many of you know what I'm saying? Just one area. Realize that lasting better in every sense of the word is always connected to our relationship with God. We can get, we can have temporary better, but lasting better is connected to God because he changes us on the inside to handle better so that then the better sticks and it's not a short-lived thing. How many of you know what I'm saying? How many of you have ever bought a super, super cool watch that you thought was better or something that you thought was better, only two weeks later it was broke? How many of you know what I'm saying? God's better sticks. It, it, It sticks. And so lasting better in every sense of the word is always connected to our relationship with God. Jesus said in John chapter 6, He was speaking to those who were coming after him because they had gotten used to him feeding them. And so they had gotten used to, how many of you know if, if, if they just kind of, if somebody showed up and you were hungry and they stood out in front of, you know, chilies and said, food's on me today, everybody come as much as you can eat. How many of y'all would show up if you were hungry? You know what I'm saying? And so Jesus has been feeding thousands of people. One case, 5,000. Another case, he's feeding thousands of people and he begins to realize that the people are coming after him just because he fed them. And so he stands up and he says this, that, that you and I, he's speaking to them and he said, why do you labor for that which perishes in its using? He said, why do you put all of your effort, all of your work, all of your energy into something that isn't going to last? It just isn't going to last. And let me be clear, we should, we have to put a, uh, effort and labor into natural things. How many of you know what I'm saying? We have to, but he said all of your labor or the core of who you're, you're putting it all in. Jesus said this, he said that we can 
can't live by bread alone. Bread alone is indicative of this natural world, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And, and the key word is bread alone. We need natural to survive, but God has more than just natural alone. And if we listen to the natural world around us, it tries to persuade us that natural will fill us up. Natural will make us whole. Natural will, will cause our sun to rise and our sun to set. And, and God comes into our life and he says, I have better, but it's realize this. Yes, I'll take care of all of that, but it's connected to your relationship with me. And I want to just look at a couple of examples of God speaking his better in the um, Old Testament. And then we'll look at a couple. Um, we'll jump into the New Testament. But Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through verse 3, is this is God speaking to Abraham. And, and the first uh, statement there, it says, the Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's house, the fa their family, and go to the land that I will show you. Now, some people would take that as a huge blessing. I'm out of here. How many of you know what I'm saying? They would just be like, I'm, I'm, but what I want you to notice is the key word there is he said that the Lord had said. That is a past tense word. So God had said it to him before. And then if you look, he said, leave your native country. If you study where Abraham's at right now in this place, he's not in his native country. His native country is a place called Mesopotamia or Ur of the Chaldees. And what you find out is that they had left there. He had left with his father and and now he's in a place called Haran, and he's been here for at least 10 years. And so God reminds him of something, and God says, hey, I just want do you remember the Lord had said, I need you to do this. Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And now look at, here's the better. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you, that you may be a blessing to others. God said, I've got better. I've got better, but it isn't just about you. I want to make you a blessing. I want to make you a blessing. And look at what he said in verse three. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. I mean, is that big or what? Yeah. All the families? I mean, every family? I mean, think about that for a moment. That's not like us four and no more. That is like China, Russia, Middle East. He said, every family will be blessed if you will come after me in my better right now. Look at what it says, and I want to... Just another example. When the Israelites were slaves and they were in bondage in Egypt, if you've not read the story, I encourage you to read this uh, book of Exodus. God speaks to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. And it says in verse 7, it says, Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. Notice the statement there. God said, I see everything. I hear everything. And I'm aware of what's going on right now. 
Do you know that whenever God comes to us in our better, he says, I see, I hear, and I know what's going on right now in your life. Now look at what he said in verse eight. So I have come down, so they're not in a good spot, to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to lead them out of Egypt. Now look at this statement. Into their own fertile and spacious land. That's better. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. That's better. And basically God said, I got better for my people. I have better. I, I, I have better for my people. Look at what it says in Psalms 33 or 37, verse three and four. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Remember that two things, trust, and then that trust should lead us to do good. Then you will live safely in the land. And then he said, and prosper. If you look at this word prosper, it means to move forward. It means to take ground. It means to break out. That's what it means. God said, so if they would, he said that you'll, you'll live safely and you will not be hemmed in, but you'll move forward. You'll take ground. You'll break out. Verse, verse four, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. Whoa. How many of y'all got desires? Yes. Well, three of us. That's super cool. <laughs> look, look, if God says you got a desire and you go, he's going to, you ain't got no desire. <laughs> How many of y'all got desires? Yes. Now, look, this isn't my words. This is his words. This is what God says. This isn't just Pastor Mike standing up here and Reed saying something. Not, this is what he said. This is what he said. God said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Even when we have contributed to a tough spot that we're in. We're, I'm in a tough spot right now. And I know I did something dumb. Right? I realize God still promises. I don't think that there's any of us that we can't look back at a decision in our life and regret it and say that was not a good decision and I had to pay some for that decision. How many of you know what I'm saying? I don't think there's any of us can do that. But, you, but I love Jeremiah 29 is an answer to that. They'd ignored God. They'd made mistakes. Now they're in captivity and God sends a word to them in Jeremiah 29, 11. And he said, for I know the plans that I have for you. I like, <laughs> how many of you before your plans have just gone poof? Your plans are just like, what in the is going on? God said, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. God is good and he has better and he wants us to know it and believe it in our life. He wants us to know it and believe it. Better is a theme throughout the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. But now Jesus our high priest has, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. That's the old covenant that we just read. 
For he is one who mediates for us a, look at these words, far better covenant with God based on better promises. I like that. A better covenant established on better promises. God said, I don't just have better. I got better, better. How many of you know better, better is better than better? How many of you know what I'm saying? It's like, God's like, you want better or do you want better, better? Well, Lord, if you're asking, I'll take better, 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 better. How many of you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is what he said. Jesus said, if you look Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said that if I will seek God with my life and make him a priority in my life, he said everything that the world chases after, he would see to it that it comes in to my life. Now, I like that. Y'all missed a super good opportunity to say, uh-huh, you know what I'm saying? You missed it just to be like, oh, yes, I'll, I'll take that. Look at what it says in Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think. Now look at this. Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams, Now look, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. He said, God can do infinitely beyond my greatest prayer, my greatest hopes, and my greatest dreams. But then he connects it and he said, it's according to the power that is at work within you right now. It's there right now. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye is seen, no ear is heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. God's prepared a lot. We serve a really good God. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief, that's Satan, comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I mean, that sounds better. Better is a universal theme throughout the Bible. I personally believe that God has placed, he put a desire for better in every single one of our lives, and it's God-inspired. It's a creative deposit. It's put in every human being, whether they know God or not. Every person wants better. Everybody wants better. The animal kingdom gets satisfied with one meal, but the human race that has an eternal spirit has the ability and the perspective to look in the future made in the image of God. God said, I want you to realize that I am a good God. I'm a faithful God. I want you to know me as a father and I have better. I have better. I have better, you know, and, and, and you think about it is I think I want better in my life. 
you know, I want better. And you say, well, what do you mean by better? Better in your relationships. Anybody want better relationships? You know, I want better. I want better in my relationship with the Lord. I want, in, uh, you know, if you're married, I want better in my marriage. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong, but I just know this. Marriage can always get better. How many of you know what I'm saying? It can, it can always get better. It can always move. Well, I want, I want, you know, I want to do better where I'm at right now. You fill in the blank. Where are you today? And you're in a spot and you're saying, I want better because that's where we're going to zero in today. I want better. I want better health. I want more peace. I want to walk in more joy. I need more strength in my life. I want my kids to do better. Everybody that's got kids can say, amen. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's like, I want, I, I, I want whatever it is. We can fill it in. And since this is a universal theme of the entire Bible, mean that we could put, pick examples from the Old Testament or the New Testament. What I want to do today is I believe that the, um, the I, we're going to look at a guy by the name of Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. Abraham, you know, there's, um, the Bible says that we are descendants. We just read Abraham. If you bless me, all nations will be blessed. Jesus came through the seed of Abraham or through the lineage of Abraham. I mean, we even got an Abraham song. How many of you remember the Abraham song? Father Abraham had many sons. Come on, y'all. Don't leave me hanging. How many of you, you remember it, Hans? Would you stand up and do it with me? No, uh, you won't do it with me. Who knows Father Abraham? Oh, come on, man. You know, many sons. Anyway, <laughs> but what I want to talk about today is possessing or experiencing God's better in my life. You fill in the blank. You fill it in. Lord, I want better in. And then what, we're go what I would need you to do is to apply what we're going to unpack over the next couple weeks about Abraham. You know, the greatest motivator in our life is results. When we get results, we're motivated. Are you with me? The greatest, but realize this, the greatest discourager is no results. It's the greatest, put a bunch of effort in, and we didn't get results. And, and, and it's not just talking about it. And I really, I pray today that we didn't just come to church or we're just watching online because we want to talk about it, but we're here because we believe that God, you're better. Believe you have better for your life. And what I know is God, I want to go in that direction within my life. And so let's back up and uh, let's start reading again in Genesis chapter 12, verse one. It says, the Lord had said to Abraham and we established, okay, he had said this before, leave your name native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to a land that I will show you. I said earlier, right now, when God spoke this to Abraham, he's in a place that is called Haran. His father has brought him there, and then his father has passed away, and now Abraham's standing there, and Abraham is not in where God told him to go, but he's in this in-between place. When Stephen was arrested in Acts chapter 7, while 
while he was on trial for preaching about Jesus, the Jewish Sanhedrin and the leaders brought him before them. And what I love is Stephen, the longest chapter of the book of Acts is chapter seven. And it's because Stephen is preaching this sermon, but in this sermon, he's given this huge history lesson about Israel. And I want to just pick up something Stephen said in, in Acts chapter seven, verse two to verse four. It says, this was Stephen's reply to them. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. In Genesis chapter 12, verse one, he's in Haran. And so God had spoke to him. We don't know how, how much time before this, but if you unpack it, what you find out is God had spoke to him more than 10 years, possibly decades before Genesis chapter 12 occurs. And look at, and, and look at what he said. He said, God told him to leave your native land, your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. We just read that in Genesis 12 too. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then he brought him here to the land where you now live. Notice this is God spoke to Abraham in Mesopotamia or Ur of the Chaldees, but it took more than 10 years for Abraham to do anything with what God spoke to him. It was dormant on the inside of him. The Lord had said to Abraham, God spoke to Abraham probably decades about his better and the promise that God had for his life. But what, it, what I love about this story is it took his brother dying and his dad dying before Abraham would choose to follow God in the promise that God had for his better. God had a plan. Abraham desired and wanted God's plan, but it took a long time before it affected his choices and he would make a choice to follow God. Realize this, God has a plan for better for every one of us, but it's got to get into our choices. It's got to get into what we choose. It's got to get in to where we believe the plan enough that it affects our choices. Even though it's God's will, even though God has promised it, just like Abraham, it's, it's dormant until my will engages with his will, which says, I believe that's what it says. Let me put it differently. Nothing happened in Abraham's life. He wanted better. He wanted it. Till the desire for better affected his choices. We could all sit here and say, oh, I want better here. I want better there. I want better. Please, God's got better. But realize this, he won't violate your will. He won't do it. And your choices reveal your will. And so when God comes into our life, like you're here right now and you're saying, God, I want better. Fill in the blank. I have to be open. See, I can have a promise from God about better. And I'm going to be super frank with you. I believe every one of us should right now in our life be standing on a promise of God's better in some area of our life. 
You say, well, what happens when that gets, when God meets that need and he comes through? I got five behind it. How many of you know what I'm saying? We, we live down here. It's like, this is the Goliath, Lord, that I'm looking at right now. Take him down. Lord takes him down. Where did that ugly one come from? How many of you know what I'm saying? And then there's another one, right? There's another one right behind it. See, I can have a promise from God about better, and I believe every one of us should in our life. But God's better must affect our choices, or it never becomes a reality in our life. True. See, for our application, are my choices lining up with God's word, especially in that area that I'm wanting him to come through? Are my choices lining up? Are my choices lining up? Deuteronomy 30 verse 15 says this, and then we'll read verse 19 and 20. God said, listen closely. I have set before you today life and prosperity and good and death and adversity and evil. Think about that statement. God said, it's right there. You got them both. Look at what he said in verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witness against you today that I have set before you life and death and blessing and curse. Now look at what God said. Therefore, you shall choose life in order that you may live you and your descendants. That's right. That's good. Think about that statement for a moment. God says, and if you read this, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And God said, right now, you got two choices. Right now, you got two choices. And the choices are really simple. God, I believe in your better. And so my, I'm going to choose it with my choices in my life. I'm going to choose your better in my life. That's good. Look at verse 20. By loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice and holding closely to him. Now look at this statement. For he is your life, your good life, your abundant life, your fulfillment, and the length of your days that you may live in the land which the Lord promised or swore to give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look at the word swore. God swore. I didn't say he sweared, he swore. How many of you know what I'm saying? Swore is, you know, you ever have somebody grab, you, grab your hand and shake and say, I swear. Absolutely swear. And how many of you know sometimes you look at them and say, it ain't worth nothing? How many of you? And other times you look at them and you're like, okay, if this person swears based on my understanding of their character, it means something. Right. I'm going to put that in the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to depend on that. Notice what it said is that God swore. He swore that he would do this. It was, I mean, think about it. God swore. He guaranteed. He promised. But my choices reveal my will, and God won't violate my will. He won't. God said, I need you to choose. I'm setting before you life and death, blessing and cursing. I need you to choose life. See, therein is the rub with us in better. The rub with us in better is choose my choices every day. 
Not just once. I, you know, I'm going to just be really honest with you. I wish that someone could write a prescription to Walgreens for a choice pill. How many of you know what I'm saying? Where you take one of these a day and for that entire day, all your choices lined up with God. How many of you know what I'm saying? How many of y'all would buy that prescription? Oh, how many, you know, just, Lord, Lord, I need a week. How many of you know what I'm saying? I need, I need, you got any, you got any of those, you know, extra dose ones, those ones that like last for a day. Can I get a patch, Lord? Can I get a choice patch? Right, right, right here. And what it does is it comes down to more than just it's God's desire for me or my agreement with his desire. It comes down to my choices, to my choices. And I'm going to be really clear. This does not mean we don't make mistakes. I am so grateful that God sent Jesus to pay for my mistakes. But what we do is when we say, Lord, I identify with your better, when we realize, ooh, I've gotten off course, we don't justify being off course which gives them permission to stay into our life. But we adjust our heart and repent and say, Lord, I realize right there, I just slipped in regard to your better. And I ask you to forgive me and I get back on the horse. How many of you know what I'm saying? I, I, I get back. We, and we, we refuse to justify it. We refuse to say, okay, God, you know, uh, and, and it's, this is not just a one time decision, but it's a one time decision that is then just reinforced over and over and over and over in our life where we say, God, okay, I believe. Desire is important, but not near as important as choices. My desire is really good. It gets me in the right direction, but my choices set my course in that particular direction. And I, w I just want to be really clear. Sometimes we're, we just look, well, I just got a really good heart, but your choices are dumb. How many of you know what I'm saying? How many, how many of you know what I'm saying? I can sit here and, and look at you and, you know, me and my wife, we, we got favorite places that we go to eat, but when we go to eat at them, I like them, but I'm well aware of myself. How many of you know what I'm saying? I'm well aware. And if I choose to stop and to say, I love the Lord and I want to stay lean, but I graze at Kilwins and the South Bend Chocolate Factory, and I make that my primary, realize this, my choice will override my desire. Are you with me? And so I can say it. And sometimes we're looking and we're saying, Lord, you know, the desires of my heart. God's like, I know. And I got desires for you too, but you got to stop and realize that your choices reveal your will and your will determines the direction of your life and where you're going. I'm out of time. Stand up. And I was so excited about what I was going to say, but I'm not going to say it now. No. You got to come back next week. Y'all, online. We're grateful you're online, but man, come join us. Coffee's good. Donuts are good. People are better. Jesus is stronger. Amen. How many of you know what I'm saying? I wonder today how many of us right now in our life just close your eyes. Right now, 
the Holy Spirit is breathing on and inspiring an area in your life. Do you realize that the reason that he's doing that is because there is a possibility that God wants better for your life more than you do. He wants better, but he's not going to violate. He's not going to push. Man, there's sometimes in my life, I just wish God would just, okay, Mike, check your will out. I'm going to take care of this. But he waits for me to choose. You're here today and the Holy Spirit is blowing on an area. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your walk with the Lord. Maybe it's the level of anxiety that you're choosing to live with and function under. It's making you miserable and wearing you out and everybody around you. Maybe you're here and you say, gosh, it's my health. I need a miracle in my body. Maybe you're here and it's your finances or a relationship. God today to you is saying really simply, I love you. I see what's going on. I've heard your cry. I am aware of where you're at. But what I need you to do is I need you to agree with me and choose, choose. I believe right now that maybe you're here today and there's been an area that you've been discouraged. Maybe it's been a repeating pattern in your life and you love the Lord with all of your heart, but you're just like, gosh, how can I, I don't know how to get free, Lord. I just, I love you, God, but I just need you to. Today, the Lord is turning the light on. And what he's really simply saying is don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about this afternoon. Don't worry about in 10 minutes. But right now, say, Lord, I choose. Say that with me. Say, Lord. I choose. I'm in charge of my life, of my responses, of my interactions, of my beliefs. No one else is in charge. I'm in charge. And right now, Lord, I believe in your better. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we need your help today. Lord, we need your help in our lives. We believe in you, God. We believe in your better for our life. And Lord, today as we come before you, we invite you in to that area of our life. And we say, show us. Show us in your word, show us in your ways, the choices that we need to make in order to tip this thing and get it going in the right direction. Lord, I lift up everyone that is here right now and I thank you for them. 
Holy Spirit, just rest right now on people's lives. Lord, it's your presence and your power that we connect with that give us the ability. But it's our attitude and our choices that are the connection. And Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for your love, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus.